Good morning, City Based Church, and welcome to our online meeting. Hope you're all well and keeping safe. Please be safe during this trying time. COVID 19 is real, and uh, it's really been a tough time of, no, of late. So please keep safe. We're going to continue with our online services for now until further notice. Um, please bear with us. We're not sure when the restrictions will be lifted but we're really grateful for the technology that we have so that we can meet like this, not in person, but in spirit. So thank you, Lord, for that. We want to thank you for your generous giving, whether it's been your tithes and offerings or giving to ministries like the Almond Tree or Bread of Life. I want to just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your generous giving. Please continue to give, especially to the Bread of Life ministry. This is one of the tools that we have in our arsenal right now to spread the gospel with a dying world and also to give to those who are in need. So please give. Without your giving, we can't, we can't, can't buy bread. And without the bread, we can't give to the people that are in need and we can't share the gospel. Obviously, we can share the gospel, but not through this ministry. So please carry on giving and thank you for your giving. If you are in need of prayer, please contact your home group leader or the church office and we will be happy to pray with you. Or if you are comfortable with um, asking for prayer on the WhatsApp prayer group, please post your message there. If you are not part of the WhatsApp group, please get hold of your home group leader or the church office and someone will add you to the group. Our WhatsApp group has been really busy the last while and uh, people have really been lifted up in prayer and we've seen some amazing things happen through our prayer group so please continue to pray and thank you for your prayers the prayer any prayer is a powerful weapon and any prayer can pull down the strongholds of the enemy so thank you um, it's been a very sad week and our sincerest condolences go out to Audra and her family Audra lost her mom to COVID-19 and we just want to pray that the Holy Spirit will be your comfort and be your strength and that the Holy Spirit will love you during this tough time and that you, you would really be your comfort. Amen. Like I said, it's been a really sad and tough week this past week as we've been mourning the death of our dear sister in Christ, Debbie. She also became another victim to COVID-19 and she is and she will be sorely missed and she will be remembered as many things by all of us. She will be remembered as a super mom who loved her children with all her heart and she did the best she could to be the best mom she could. She will be remembered as a spiritual mom to many of us. A disciple maker. She will be remembered as a dear friend with uh, an awesome sense of humor. She will be remembered as a prayer warrior of note. She really could pray up a storm. Awesome. She will be remembered as a true ambassador of Christ. She loved Christ. And she will be remembered as a real woman of faith, always obedient to share the word of prophecy, the word of knowledge, or just a word of encouragement. 
Debbie ran her race well all the way to the end. So let's celebrate her life and let's watch this tribute video for her and uh, after that we're going to um, enjoy a time of worship together and then we're going to hear the life-giving word from Dion. Please enjoy the service and be blessed. Amen. loved her family and her friends. Debbie had a heart for people. She especially loved the Lord Jesus Christ. She wanted to do everything she could to please Him. Debbie was also an extremely generous person. There would be many times that we'd be sitting in the office of the church and we'd see Debbie's van pull up to the gate and she would come in with a van full of food and supplies to give to people that were in need. One thing I'll remember forever is her laugh. It was the most contagious laugh and Jack and I would always joke around and tell her it sounded like a kettle whistling on a stove. <laughs> My mum was one of the most hardworking people I knew but she was also the strongest, wisest, bravest, kindest and most selfless person I ever met. There was always room for more people in her heart. I don't know a single person who runs her own business, studies, raises two kids and gets enough sleep every night. My mom was my everything. She taught me how to be a man. She taught me everything in life. I will cherish every moment and awesome time we had. Debbie would have stood here today. I know my sister. And she would have just encouraged you not to lose hope, not to lose faith, but to look forward and fight the good fight with joy, peace, and happiness and I'm sure if she could stand here today she would also say don't fret don't stress leave it in God's capable hands for he will take care of it Debbie was a joy she made us laugh we talk about leaving a legacy and I think Debbie has left a legacy that is going to go beyond what we will ever ever know
really do believe that the prayer of Debbie's heart would be that you as her family and as her friends make the right decision and that you give your life to Jesus if that is something that you haven't done already.
City-based family and friends, I trust that you are doing well and standing strong in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This has been a tough week and as we have lost a dear sister in Christ, Debbie, to coronavirus, she's going to be sorely missed. Our condolences go out to her family and friends. I would also like to take this opportunity on behalf of the family to thank you for all your prayers and support during this trying time. It has touched their hearts and I would like to thank you for all that you've done for them. Throughout the world, throughout the ages, there has been men and women of God that have been used mightily by him to bring about changes in individuals' lives, families, suburbs, towns and cities, countries and nations. In this, God has also used churches who have caught the truth to do the same. As I was looking into what made the difference in these people's lives and in the life of the church, I started to ask myself, what was it that caused God to use them so mightily? These individuals and churches were nothing special. They were not God's favorite churches and people. They were not superhuman like Samson. They were just ordinary people like you and me. And we see this in James 5 verse 17. This is reading out of the ISV. Isaiah was a person just like us, and he prayed earnestly for it to not rain. And rain never came to the land for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the skies poured out rain, and the ground produced its crops. Elijah was nothing special. Yet God used him mightily. 
And in Romans 2, verse 11, it has this to say, For God does not show favoritism. That's out of the NRV. In the King James, it puts it this way, For there is no respect of person with God. But I like the way the Amplified Bible says it. For God shows no partiality, no arbitrary favoritism. With him, one person is not more important than another. In other words, what they're saying is God has no favorites. So what made the difference? Why were they used so mightily by God? And the answer is actually quite simple. These individuals and churches were willing to be obedient to the word of God. They were willing to surrender their will to his will. They were prepared to walk by faith. They remained humble. They had a passion, the fire, the purity, the hunger for God. They wanted to walk closely with God and enjoy his presence and direction. In Acts 20 verse 24, Paul has this to say, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And then again in Galatians, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul knew what was important and what would make a difference to the world he was living in. He was consumed with the burdens of God and considered his life worth nothing to see God's kingdom advance. Are you consumed with the burdens of God? Do you consider your life worth nothing? God's desire is to squash us flat, squeeze us out, empty us of ourselves, our self-ambitions, our desires, so that he can come and fill us up with his Holy Spirit, so that we might be useful for God's purposes, advancing his kingdom, his rule and his reign. Please don't get me wrong when I say God is wanting to squash us. We are not bugs that God is wanting to get rid of. He's wanting us to be emptied of ourselves so that he can come and fill us up and then pour us out into the lives of the people that we meet, vessels of honor that, can, that he can use. The Bible tells us in James 4 verse 8, that if you and I will draw near to God, that he will draw near to us. Do you want to be used mightily by God? And I trust that your answer to this question is a mighty big yes. Then you have to learn to be obedient to him, surrendering your will to his will. Live by faith and remain humble. When you start to live like this, it opens the door for God to use you in an incredible way. You may think to yourself, what can I do? What difference can I make? I am nothing. Who is going to listen to me? I'm just a failure. Do you know that God uses people who fail because there ain't no other kinds of people around? You are not a nothing. You are a child of the Most High God. And He has, and he has placed more in you than you or anyone else knows. And if you live your life in a way that pleases him, he will use you.
No matter what you think of yourself, He will use you. Lately, I've been reading a book that has challenged me deeply. And there has been many truths that have come out of this book that has caused me not only to look at my life, but also at the life of City Base. And this is where I really want to get to today. I've realized that there are changes that we need to make for God to use us effectively in this town, and not only in this town, but to the ends of the earth. And if we are not going to make those changes, then we are going to miss it. And sadly, I believe that as a church, we have lost something of what God has called us to do and be. We have become complacent in our walk with the Lord, satisfied with where we are at. And I believe God is wanting to bring us back to something that we have neglected. He is wanting us to lay down some things that we have picked up along the way. Not that they are wrong or sinful, but they have caused us to take our focus off of what is most important as individuals and as the church. You may say to me, but Dion, I see other churches and individuals are doing these things and God is blessing them. Yes, that may be true and it is happening, but it is happening because they are being obedient to what God has asked of them. And because of their obedience, God is using them mightily and many people's lives are being changed. But that, not may, that might not be what we are supposed to be doing. God does not use a cookie-cutter machine to make us all the same. He has made us as individuals and given us different gifts and skills. And He knows what is needed to reach the people that we are to reach and whose lives we need to impact. So what may be working up the road does not mean that it will work for us. What some individual is being successful at in ministry does not mean that it will work for you. You have to hear from God, especially for your own life. Find out what He has called you to, and then be faithful in doing it. In the book I've re been reading, the author Craig Grishel asks this question, Have we got it? It being a number of things, but ultimately it comes down to, have we got the life of God flowing throughout our lives as well as in the life of the church? Is God's presence visible and tangible? Because if it is not, then we have not got it the way God has intended us to have it. I don't know about you, but how many of you have really felt the presence of God? You've been in a meeting or at home and God has just touched you in an incredible way. And it has changed your life. For me personally, I've had the privilege of being in meetings like that. And also had the privilege of experiencing it during my quiet times with the Lord. But I must admit that lately those times have become less. Looking at us as a church, there have been times when we have experienced the presence of God in incredible ways. But I have to confess that they are not as frequent anymore. And I'm feeling that in some way we've lost our way. Please hear me out. What do I mean by lost our way? Let me put it like this. When was the last time we saw people coming 
to the saving knowledge of Jesus, repenting, turning from their sins in our meetings. When was the last time we saw people being baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes, we see new visitors come into the church, but how many end up staying? Our prayer meetings started to dwindle. Corporate prayer is not seen as important any longer. If we were on fire the way we claim to be or think we are, then these things would happen on a regular basis in an increasing manner. The vibe amongst the people would be different. People would be excited to invite the unsaved, their friends and their family, because they know the importance of seeing them being saved and discipled. It is as if we've become complacent, and God will not stand for complacency. If I am honest, and I think if you are honest, you would agree with me that we are on the way to losing it, the life of God. We are not there yet, but we are on the slippery downward slope. Instead of wanting more of the life of God, we have settled for our own personal comfort, a substitute for the presence of God. I want it back, the life of God, the tangible presence of God, and everything else that he has to offer. How about you? Are you hungry for it? If not, I trust that as I speak around this subject, that you will become excited and hungry for it once again. And if you've never experienced it, that you will want to experience it. Can I ask you for a moment to imagine a church, not a building, but the people of God, where they are so passionate about him that it becomes contagious and you can't stop talking about him. Something like the coronavirus. It just spreads because you are a carrier of the presence of God. That is how it should be for us. That we are so in tune with God that, what, that whenever we meet people or we, we see people, all we do is we talk about Jesus. We talk about what Jesus has done and what he is busy doing. Where we go, people hear about lives that have been changed. And we see the evidence of it happening by the way we live our lives. When we see the sick, we pray for them and God heals them. Can you imagine a church like this? Where people are queuing to get in because they need Jesus, because they see the life of Jesus in their church. This is what I want. And I know that it is what the Lord Jesus wants too. If we have a look at the story of the lame man in Luke 5 verse 17 to 39, his friends brought him to Jesus because they knew that Jesus was the answer. You see, when people know that Jesus is the answer, they bring their friends. They bring those that don't know Jesus, the unsaved, because they know Jesus is going to touch them. And so when these people got there, they saw that the house was full and that they could not get in. From, I want to read from verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem 
And the power of the Lord Jesus was there to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up onto the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Jesus was ready to heal the sick, but the house was filled with Pharisees and teachers of the law. They were taking up the space of those who really needed a touch from God. For many of us at this point, we would have said to our friend, it's obvious, sorry, it's obviously not your time to be healed today. If it was, then Jesus would have been standing and waiting for us. And we would have just, and so what would have happened? We would have just taken him home. But these friends, however, would not take a setback as a sign of, sorry, it's not happening today. They went up onto the roof and opened it up and lowered the man in front of Jesus. And we see that because of their faith, Jesus healed the man. And he went out of that house, carrying the mat that he had come in on, rejoicing and praising God with his friends. Church, let us press in. Let's not give up and say it's not working or it's too hard. No, we are not those who shrink back. Let's be like those friends. We press in. We know that Jesus has the power to heal. We know that Jesus has the power to set free. And so we press in for ourselves and for our friends. And we don't take no for an answer. So let's not shrink back. Hebrews 10 verse 39 says to us, But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. I want us to go on a journey together to rediscover the life of God in a new, exciting and lasting way. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. Is it going to cause us to move out of our comfort zones? Yes. Is it going to be worth it? Absolutely yes. Church, are you ready to change so that we can experience more of the presence of God, the life of God? I trust that you are with me and that you too desire this. Get ready for an exciting time of rediscovering God in a more deep and real way. And next week I want to carry on with this journey. And I hope that you will join me and that once again we will see God moving amongst us in incredible ways. I know he wants to do it, but he wants us to be available. He wants us to live lives that honor him and then he will come and he will use us mightily. I trust that I've stirred your heart up and that you are excited for what God is wanting to do. Because I really do believe that we are going to see God come in and break through this year like we haven't seen for many years that have passed. Can we pray together? Father, I thank you for this wonderful time that we could spend together this morning. Lord, I pray that the word that I have shared will have encouraged your people. It will have stirred them up to Say, but I want more of Jesus. I want to be more in tune with Jesus. 
And that, Father, it will stir up something in our hearts. That, Father, it will cause us to make the changes that are necessary. So that, Jesus, we open up the door for you to come in and use us the way that you want to use us. Father, I pray that we will be willing to lay aside our own agendas, what we want for ourselves, for the sake of seeing your kingdom come, your will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray for these wonderful people. Lord, the times that we are staying in are tough and people are going through hard times. And I pray that this word will encourage them not to give up, but to press on in deeper, get closer to Jesus, because he is the one who gives us life and life in abundance. So, Father, I thank you for this word today. If you've listened to this word today and you have realized that you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and that's something that you would like to do, it's something so easy to do. All you have to do is repent, turn from your wicked ways. Make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Ask him to come in and to change you, to make you into a new creation. And you know what? He wants to do it because he loves you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Amen.